Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 123 To you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress. So our eyes look to the Lord our God, until he has mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us. For we have had more than enough of contempt. Our soul has had more than its fill of the scorn of those who are at ease, of the contempt of the proud. Job chapter 20, verses 1 through 11. Then Zophar, the Namathite, answered, Pay attention. My thoughts urge me to answer because of the agitation within me. I hear censure that insults me, and a spirit beyond my understanding answers me. Do you not know this from of old, ever since mortals were placed on earth, that the exulting of the wicked is short, and the joy of the god godless is but for a moment? Even though they mount up high as the heavens, and their head reaches to the clouds, they will perish forever like their own dung. Those who have seen them will say, Where are they? They will fly away like a dream and not be found. They will be chased away like a vision of the night. The eye that saw them will see them no more, nor will their face behold them any longer. Their children will seek the favor of the poor, and their hands will give back their wealth. Their bodies, once full of youth, will lie down in the dust with them. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 16-21 through 21. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we had been eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when that voice was conveyed to him by the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, my Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice come from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. So we have the prophetic message more fully confirmed. You will do well to be attentive to this as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. First of all, you must understand this that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation, because no prophecy ever came by human will, but men and women moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Good morning and welcome to the uh, 23rd Monday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. Really quickly before I get into this morning's reading, I want to apologize for um, skipping a couple of days last week. Um, I think it was two days, maybe three. Um, I was traveling and it's always difficult. Um, I just opted to try and be present with family and didn't have the opportunity to record that I thought I would. Um, Second... You may have noticed that I introduced myself as Brother Logan Isaac. 
That is because on Friday, November 8th, um, I took vows as a hospitaller of St. Martin, which is a community in the Episcopal tradition that focuses on prayer, reconciliation, and hospitality, um, particularly um, as it pertains to those who have been affected by war. Uh, the Brothers Hospitallers was co-founded by um, Lynn Smith-Henry and David Peters. Lynn uh, from the Lutheran tradition and David, an Episcopal priest and former army chaplain. Um, and you can learn more at hospstmartin.org. It sounds like hospstmartin.org. Um, the website uh, I created some time ago as I was interested in the hospitalers. Um, and they have a uh, uh, handful of uh, members and another handful of supporters. Um, and this past weekend, we um, the, the hospitalers had their annual gathering. And uh, on Friday is when I took vows before uh, the other brothers as well as family and friends of the of the community. Um, and this morning is the Feast of St. Martin, or Martin Mass. Um, but it is, it's uh, important to point out that the 8th, which happened to be when I took my vows, the 8th was the day that Martin died. The 11th was the day that uh, his funeral was held and he was deposited into the earth. Um, and so we celebrate, uh, feast days are either the days of their death, because not all Christians have funerals, especially the martyrs. Um, but there, uh, there's also their their desposito or their funeral when they're deposited into the earth. And November 11th, a long time before it was Veterans Day, we only had Veterans Day starting in 1956. Before it was Armistice Day in 1918, it was the feast of Martin of Tours, the third century, I'm sorry, fourth century bishop. Um, who was never ordained. He was made an exorcist, which is kind of like a, a catechist, essentially, someone who helps adults and children prepare for baptism but doesn't receive holy orders. Um, he was ordained uh, bishop uh, against his will. He was tricked into coming into this major city and tour um, under the guise of healing a sick woman. Um, and most of his life was spent as an itinerant exorcist and then a bishop. But before that, he uh, served in the Roman army as a cavalryman. Um, in fact, the Praetorian Guard is where he found himself um, very quickly. And in 354, he was stationed in northern France, in Amiens. And the story that most people know, and that is depicted most in art, is when he split his coat, uh, his cape, in half to f clothe a freezing beggar. And that night after he did that, he has a dream of Jesus telling the heaven host, heavenly host, here's Martin who hasn't even been baptized who has clothed me. And so he runs off the next day to be baptized, but he doesn't leave the military right away, in part because his roommate and officer uh, told him if he waits to get out, then he will get out with him. But... Um, out for another couple of years in 356 when he finds himself on the eve of battle preparing for the Battle of Strasbourg with Caesar Julian um, in Worms um, which is on the border of France and Germany and um, to rally his troops it was customary for Julian and others to give them uh, lump sums of money or other gifts to kind of make sure they wouldn't run off to kind of bolster their 
um, camaraderie and loyalty to him. And when Julian gets to Martin, he says, uh, I've served you long enough. Let me now serve my God. I'm a soldier of Christ. It's impermissible for me to fight. Um, and Julian flies into a rage, has him locked up, and Martin hears that the other soldiers are talking about how he did, he refused the gift out of cowardice because they had never seen battle before. Martin's job as a Praetorian guard was to guard the life of Caesar, to protect human life. Um, but in battle, it's not, you know, it's much more indiscriminate. And Martin wasn't willing to accept that. So when he heard that he had been accused of cowardice, he said, well, you can send me to the front lines unarmed, protected by only the, the sign of the cross and not by helmet and shield. Um, and it looks like they were going to do that. And in the meantime, the enemy, according to Martin's biographer, we know it's not true historically, but um, a peace treaty is signed and he's released. Much more likely, um, Martin has his little thing, he gets locked up and he just kind of gets booted um, with the expectation that he'll you know, be an exile and maybe die off in the wilderness or something because, um, because he had abandoned his post or something. And that kicks off his life as an itinerant exorcist. He gains such a reputation um, that this major city in Tour, this uh, cathedral, the, the, uh, the bishopric and the people of the city really want him as their bishop because he's so popular. And that will kind of get them brownie points. They get him to come into the city. In the meantime, he's become accustomed to a monastic ascetic lifestyle and he's created churches and monasteries as soon as he got out of the military, beginning in 356, in uh, Ligouget and uh, uh, Poitiers and uh, Marmoutier and across the French countryside. And so he's a church planter at heart, and he, um, he prefers the countryside. He prefers the agrarian uh, people who are farming the land and who live simple lives. He much prefers that to the hustle and bustle and kind of, you know, showmanship of the city, but he he's not going to refuse this public acclamation. And as bishop, he uh, doesn't found any more churches that I know of, but he does uh, uh, found Marmoutier Abbey, which is, at, his, at the time, a series of caves um, that he and 80 disciples inhabit. Um, and every day, Martin walks a mile uh, across the Loire River to the cathedral to conduct his business, then walks a mile back in the evening to avoid, you know, having to entertain people endlessly and put up with the kind of pomp and circumstance of uh, uh, a bishopric in a major city. Um, and as he um, is near death, he um, he recognizes that his whole life has been this kind of battle. Um, spiritual battle um, and he says in the presence of his disciples um, he says uh, according to his biography he speaks to God saying you know it's been a long hard fought battle um, and I'm much advanced in years but if you call me to live on and continue to fight uh, I will do it I'll fight under your banner um, and um, but God that's not God's intent and Martin passes away on November 8th, 397, um, after, I think, 16 years as a bishop and 17 years as an exorcist. Um, I think I've got that math right. 
And then after he's died, his stories continue to live on um, beyond what his biographer um, reports. Um, and so one of those things that has survived his legacies is Martin Tide. And Martin Tide is the season from Martin Mass, which is today, to Christmas. 40 days between uh, Martin Mass and Christmas where uh, people used to fast three days a week from flesh, from meat. Sorry, that kind of sounds gross, but that's what they said. Um, and the exception is Sundays. So there's 40 days plus or minus with, with Sundays being excluded. And for a long time, that was the beginning of the church year, was Martin Mass. Um, there's a whole feast which included uh, geese, because geese, uh, at the end, if, if you eat geese, that's when you would typically slaughter them, was near on or near November 11th. Um, and so the, this story um, erupted about how we eat goose at Martin Mass because when the bishop, the people of Tours came to acclaim a bishop, he hood, hid in a goose pen and the goose geeses um, gave away his position by honking. And so we eat geese on November 11th. We also prayed around the city and with um, uh, paper lanterns or other lighted things as a remembrance of the dwindling daylight and the promise of, of God's return in the spring, which began as a bonfire but then became paper lanterns. That's especially um, important in Germany. Um, and then for those 40 days, uh, you, you fast and you do penance. And it used to be a penance as opposed to with Advent, we now, it's more of an awaiting and anticipation a long time ago, uh, Martin Mass was the beginning of the church year, and it, w- it served as what we now call Advent. And so for the next 40 days following Martin Mass, I and the Hospitality of St. Martin will be sharing um, reflections on Martin's life uh, from Martin's from writings about St. Martin and different um, imagery from his life as well, from today through Christmas Day. And after the high holidays... After Christmas Day, uh, I'm not sure if the podcast will transfer uh, to the hospitalers in some way, if, if the hospitalers will take it up as opposed to QPUHQ or, or if it will remain the same. But I'm going to count this as the, the conclusion of the year of uh, first, form, first year of first, first formation. Advent doesn't begin until December 1 um, based on the, the variable feasts. Um, so I would otherwise have another two two or three weeks before uh, the first liturgical year is complete, but I'm going to close it out with Martin Tide. Um, <clears throat> and I'll close, um, I'll have a special prayer for Martin today uh, based on his last words, uh, but I hope you stick with it, stick with me and with the brothers and sisters, hospitalers, um, as we go through Martin Tide and remember uh, Martin and we um, perhaps fast from, from meat and um, continue to think about how um, the humble, hearty people at the crosshairs of God and country, uh, they are served and and remembered and humanized by this 4th century um, bishop and, and veteran. The Prayer of St. Martin adapted from the biography by Sulpitius Severus. Lord, if your people still have need of my services, 
I will not avoid the toil. Your will be done. I have fought the good fight long enough, yet if you bid me continue the work you entrust to me, I will never beg to be excused from failing strength. While you alone command, I will fight beneath your banner. Grant us your peace, that we might pass it to our neighbors as well as our enemies. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for pew-pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.